1: to another episode of the 60 cents podcast i'm your host lucas jonathan and our old friend chris is back because i guess he he has some things that he wants to say uh that's correct
2: i'm back
0: <laughs>
2: How <do you> <laughs> <laughs> we missed you bud missed you for sure Missed yeah. you too glad to be back as always
1: Oh, by the way, Chris, uh, I told Jonathan this, but Jonathan, I don't think, has ever been on the podcast with him. You remember Daryl, right? Our friend Daryl, Daryl Reynolds, friend of the podcast? Absolutely. Shout out to Daryl. He got to be on Showtime as Robert Parrish. Nice. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, not Showtime, Winning Time, the HBO show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. The 80s players. Yeah. Very cool. So, that being said... Chris, we've got some stuff to talk about today. You bet we do. Let's uh, Before we get into tonight's game, we're recording on Wednesday night after the six, uh, Sixers lose to the Celtics. But first, got to talk about the uh, the first part of this back-to-back. Uh, oh, hang on. I have the wrong game. Give me one second here. I linked the wrong game in our agenda. I have the Sixers, when they won against the Pacers, not lost. Here we go. The Sixers lost against the Pacers last night, guys. And somewhat of a surprising twist. I mean, look, the Pacers are a good team, and I get it. Uh, the Sixers were without Kelly Oubre and Nicholas Batum, though, so that certainly did not help. I do. And Tyrese Halliburton came out swinging, because he must have heard our podcast on Sunday when I proclaimed Tyrese Maxey the best point guard in the East, and he took exception to that. uh, uh, Tyrese Halliburton had 33 points, 15 assists, seven rebounds, no turnovers. Uh, Let's start with the good, Chris. What do you think was the good in this game? Um, Well, Tyrese Halliburton
2: was really good. Um, As far as the Sixers go, you know, I'm not like really gonna begrudge them this loss. I'm not panicking. Obviously, two straight losses, never ideal, but. Like, Indiana is a very good team, and that offense is really difficult to keep up with. You know, obviously, it wasn't Maxi's best night this season. You're missing two pretty key guys on the wing, probably your two best wing players. Um, you know, it's, hold it's up, pretty hold
1: understandable. Up. Hold up, are you saying Nicholas Petum is better than Tobias Harris? Oh, okay, fine. Your the
2: hate third that, third that Chris
1: third third has third. toward Tobias Harris yeah, is I, insane.
2: Yeah, brain fart, brain fart. Second and third best wing players. Okay, but, okay.
3: okay, okay, that's um,
2: understandable. I agree with yeah. that. Obviously, you know, Joel had 39, 12, and 6 with three steals. It, it, you know, he's still very good. Does a lot of good stuff. Um, the obvious standout there, Melton, with, with 30 points as well. Those are kind of yeah. the obvious, like, things that you got to go to from my perspective.
1: What about you, Jonathan? Anything else?
3: Yeah, I mean, well, Melton, first off, last night and tonight even, offensive game has improved. I mean, we were saying the other night we don't necessarily need him on offense, and he's been pretty leaving a lot to be desired, but not the past two nights. So good for him, 8 of 13, 4 of 6 from 3. I mean, I just think all in all, I, Robert Covington obviously didn't shoot too much, only had two points, but outside of that, the starters were hitting on all cylinders. They were playing really well together. So Obviously, that's going to lead to a future conversation about the bench, but I thought the starters played real well.
1: Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, look, we could I'll cover Maxi more when we talk about the that. I do want to state, though, that uh, Tobias Harris, you know, didn't hit the one three pointer that he attempted. Kind of wish he shot a little bit more from three. But seven of eleven, this is arguably Tobias's most efficient year ever. And I love the Tobias post ups out of like timeouts and stuff. I love when he takes advantage of smaller defenders. He's doing a really good job of it, and that's look. Tobias is looking good. Third best player on a good team is uh, his best role, in my opinion. So, and that's that's what he gets to be this season. So that's nice. Um, Chris, what was the bad in this game?
2: Um, I mean, I have some objections to Marquis Morris playing more than. Covington and Springer. I, I agree. Guys like that. Um, obviously, Springer was DMP in this game. I, I'm i like a little bit surprised that KJ Martin just hasn't been part of, really hasn't even gotten a shot. I, I He's a guy I was pretty intrigued about. I think Covington and Batum are obviously like the two, the obvious rotation guys from that trade. But I would have thought we would have seen more of KJ Martin by now, just to see maybe what the Sixers have in him. He's a guy who has flashed some some interesting stuff in the past. Um, I I think Morris is more or less over the hill, so to speak, at this point. Uh, Yeah, I I definitely agree there. um, Yeah, I I don't love that he's getting those minutes. But, um, yeah, you know, the bench in general, like you said, is leaving a little bit to be desired, obviously, with the, the caveat that they're missing two players who are pretty important.
3: Yeah, I mean they went three of eight, like, and they had substantial minutes. Four players played above ten minutes. Three played above eighteen. So, yeah, no offensive presence from the bench at all. Robert Covington, obviously, as I said before, was the st- struggled kind of uh, among the starters. So, kind of missing Ubre and Batum. Um, but yeah, the bench just needs to be better. And I, I've said this. I said this on the last podcast, and I know that Embiid even came out and, and said. Uh, when they want against the Pacers. Like, oh, it's not that we're not pe- playing defense. Like, they're a fast-playing team. They shoot a lot, and I don't know. I just kind of disagree. I don't think you should be letting up 126 and 132 back-to-back, regardless of if the opponent is the highest-scoring team in the league. I think you got to play your game a little bit more.
1: Well, I'll just say this. We, we poo-poo on Tyrese Maxey for being inefficient shooting. He did have four turnovers. By the way, that's the most turnovers he's had this season. Which, for a point guard, is not like a terrible game, in my opinion, especially for one as high usage as him. Uh, Chris, I'll go a step further. Uh, not only is Marcus Morris over the hill, I think offensively, Robert Covington is probably over the hill. He does not have the touch anymore. Oh. What makes well, him broke? He, just, he, he hasn't been efficient shooting the ball. Yeah, no. you know.
2: It's kind of always been the case with Broco, and with most shooters, they kind of go hot and cold every now and then, but...
1: But he's been cold all season long.
2: He has. I, I mean, the defense is still there. I think you just gotta write it out. I think the shots are gonna fall eventually, and, and the defense is still at a level where you can't... You know, you don't wanna bench the guy. He's still a pretty
1: important I, part of the bench. I mean, Chris, he's... For the season, he's like between... Like, he's averaging around 24% from the three-point line this year. I guess I this... It's just not pretty man i mean it's a big drop off from last year last year he shot 39
2: so it's also the 11th game of the season
1: i know i know there's sometimes Time. but yeah no I mean, marcus morris is just trade fodder in my in my opinion now and i agree with about kj martin i would like to see more of the young guys uh like you said he has shown flashes but also we have to remember that like doc rivers uh nick nurse does not love using young guys off the bench we saw that in Toronto, um, so it's just something that we got to keep an eye on, I guess. Uh, see if that becomes yeah. a trend or if it's just a uh, you know nom norm. Uh, yeah, look, I mean it's hard to win when to, uh, Obi Toppin is scoring in the 20s against you. So, yeah, uh, Jonathan, how about we go to tonight's game?
3: Yeah, take it on over to the Sixers Celtics tonight. Obviously, a huge game at home. The high expectations. Jalen Brown was ruled out pretty close to the game. They didn't have Chris Stapps either. So Boston down two starters and disappointing loss 117 107 by the Sixers. Injury report we were out Kelly Oubre and Nicholas Batum again. I'm just going to say it was 99 98 and they came down. I think they had a really rough turnover or something like that. Then a three on the other end and that was kind of the end of the game. I felt like that was a big turning point. But We'll start with you, Chris. What was the good out of this game? Um Jane Springer led the
2: bench in minutes, which is cool. Um Lucas mentioned, I think, before we started recording that he had the, the best plus minus. Um four far from the field, nine points. Obviously you're not counting on him for offense, but when he can give you anything at all, that's that's a pretty big plus on top of his defense. Um I continue to believe that Springer is very much like a legitimate very incredible, high-level defensive player, and he should probably be playing more than he generally is. So I think this is a step in the right direction. Obviously, once Batum is back, once Ubrey's is back, he's not going to be getting 20 minutes a night anymore. But I think him playing more than House, more than Morris, you know, Furkan kind of being pushed to the edge, I think that's a pretty positive development for my eyes.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that he should be getting minutes over guys like House and Morris. I said that last podcast, I really don't want to see House again. I don't want to see Morris again. Give me a, rota- a bench rotation of Patrick Beverly, Jaden Springer, uh, Kelly Oubre, uh, Rocco, and uh, Paul Reed, and I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, two bench players coordinate. Jaden Springer and Paul Reed. I'm happy. I Plus- I feel good. By the way, Paul Reed, second highest plus minus with 15. I mean, you know, I've been saying it. I know you've been saying it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The good real quick. Just, uh, I I was just building off Chris's point. I mean, you said it before Jonathan, I'll say it again. Uh, D'Anthony Melton, just trying to come out and do the best he can. Shooting is coming back into form. So that's great.
3: Yeah. He hit five or six from three and two of them were like big time clutch shots. So. Kudos to him. Chris, I love that you were talking about Jaden Springer. I mean, I know you have almost full stake in uh, Springer Island. I thought Pat Paul Reed was incredible. I mean, plus 15. He was playing, honestly, better against the bigs. I know he's playing against more minutes against the uh, Celtics bench, but he was playing better against the bigs than Embiid was tonight. So uh, great job by Paul Reed for sure. So what is the bad, Lucas?
1: I mean, look, if – Tyrese Maxi and Joel beat are only getting fifteen and sixteen shots respectively, and only getting uh, Joel only got to the line four times and Maxi five times. You're not going to win games that way. That's just not enough scoring for your two big guys. They both had twenty points. You just need more from those two. I mean, kudos for Joel. By the way, can we just like pause for a second and say that Joel's really coming into his own as a playmaker this year? Just uh just putting that out there there, Chris. Uh but yeah. look. He he's uh he stepped up, he's he's gotten to a new level of playmaking, you gotta give him credit on that. But yeah, no. Mm-hmm. What, what the bad is, is the Lucas. I, I think you I think you can uh, I think you can insinuate what I'm trying to imply there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I don't
2: I don't I don't understand your end goal here, but okay, continue, uh-huh. sorry.
1: No, you're good. Uh, look, I mean, Tobias was good uh, in this game. He had 16 points. But, uh, look, Joel and Max, you just need to you, – you need at least 20 shots from each one of them and them giving you the foul line at least eight to ten times. And that didn't happen this game. And, yeah. you know, kudos to the Celtics for playing pretty good defense. Al Horford has always played well against Joel. Al Horford had five blocks in this game. So, and Drew Holiday and Derek White showed why they're really good defensively. So, and, you know, the thing is, I knew this game was going to be a rough one when Drew posted up Tyrese and got an easy hook shot over him in the first quarter. As Soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, uh, this is going to be a rough game. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, just to build off that, obviously, they be, beat a matchy. 20 points each, that's not enough. I, I will say, like, not even bad. Just, I don't know if we'll ever see Robert Covington score 16 points without hitting a three again. Um, that That's really, that was weird, right? That was just yeah, weird. Yeah, I think he's, like, done pretty pretty great job as, like, a cutter and working on the dunker spot and finding that chemistry with Joe again. Like, I think he deserves a, deserves a lot of credit for that stuff. Um, But, yeah, that that's kind of a weird... Outlier kind of
1: performance from Roko. Um, yeah, he had five points. I, I do want to point out one thing. Roku said he wants to break A- Allen Iverson's all-time three-point record. If he keeps this up, that is not happening. Um, but just just saying that how it is. But yeah, look, no, look, he's got another five years of in the tank.
2: In the Sixers' best bench ring I I, I, I,
1: don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't, um, if he keeps this yeah. up, he's going to have the Matisse Thibault role. Um. Yeah. Look, be- I mean,
3: I, I was gonna say like Embiid getting to the line four times. We talked about it. he went nineteen and seventeen the prior two games. He's just not aggressive enough, and it and it's you just got to say it flatly like Al Horford, like big boydom. I mean, really, Al Horford played much better than Embiid. I don't know why this continues to happen. I don't. see I like. I think some people call him the Embiid stopper. I don't know if I'd go that far. He's still at 20 points. But you're a minus 25, and Al Horford's getting blocks and knocking down threes. Not a good look. Um, But, Chris, let me get your player of the game. Go for it.
2: Oh, player of the game. Oh, I see. You're asking me. Um, (laughs) Hmm. I'll give it to Springer. I got him. Shot I think her. he's really going to be the dude off the bench here at some point eventually. Like, I, I think that's the direction we're trending. Um, one, you know, once Batum comes back, that maybe complicates the conversation a bit. But I, I think Springer
1: has should be starting. You, I think Doom should be starting. Kelly should be the sixth man off the bench. Sure, um, Lucas. Who you got in this game? This is hard. Uh. Uh, I'll join Chris on Springer Island this time. Sure. Why that's not? Right.
3: All right. I'm going to take Paul Reed just because I think that uh, we did not play yeah. well in the post. And uh, Paul Reed did. So kind of the outlier. And we needed that.
1: Okay. Perfect. Uh, no, no, all right. Guess. Yeah. No, that's fair. All right. So we're going to talk about some former Sixers now and their fall from grace. We're going to start here with Harden. Let's go. So, uh, this is, we are recording the Clippers, I believe, are playing tonight, but we are going with the results as they are currently. Are the Clippers playing tonight? Actually, that's a good question. No, I don't think they they are. are, If they are, just add a loss. No, 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 they're not playing tonight. (laughs) But they have been 0-5 since, you know, James Harden has joined them, uh, has started for them. Let me ask you this, Chris. Can the Clippers salvage this? And if so, how? Uh,
2: of course, they can still salvage this, guys. It's been five games. I, I think some of the reactions have gone a bit far. They did very nearly beat Denver
1: on the road last night. Um,
2: but you know, also, credit.
1: The, you know, injury riddled suspended Memphis Grizzlies.
3: That's I understand. That's also and, called a loss.
1: I understand. I I don't want to give James
2: too much credit, but he he didn't play at all in preseason or training camp. I know that's his fault. I'm not saying it's not self-inflicted to a certain extent. But it was always going to take him some time to build up rhythm. Anytime you put four guys like Harden, PG, Kawhi, and Rust in the same lineup, it's going to take time for those dynamics to develop. I think there's a pretty strong case for, like, moving Russ to the bench and trying to get another high-level defender and connector in there. But, like, broadly speaking, the defense looked a lot better in that Denver game. Harden looked a lot better on offense. He's saying the right things in theory about taking more
1: spot-up threes and finding the rhythm in the offense. Hold up, Chris. He said he was the system. He is not saying the right (laughs) things. I'm sorry. I can't agree with okay, that. Okay,
2: even that, like, yeah. the full quote is not as bad as that little snippet that people eh. put in headlines. It was, like, a pretty <laughs> reasonable quote about him deserving to make
1: decisions. Within He the has the ball
3: decisions. in his hands. I
1: know the ball hands all last season dude he had the decision to make he wasn't saying the ball
2: wasn't in his hands he was saying he didn't have the freedom to make decisions when the ball was in his hands i think those are different things and i think that's like a pretty valid critique of how doc
1: used him probably but that's fine okay but like doc what was doc gonna do? bench him was doc really gonna bench him if he didn't like follow exactly what doc wanted to do no but I mean, okay. do we are we all Doc yeah. Rivers
2: fans now? Are we all like Doc no. Like, no in the no, best no, system? No. Doc knows no. what he's doing.
1: Is that the take now? No, but like Chris, you can't say that you're the system when you're not you weren't even an all-star last year.
3: Yeah, Chris. Okay. Look, I'll just okay. I'll, you time should out, just defer out. your time, time
1: to out, me. Time out, time out. We all got on this podcast last year
2: and argued vehemently that James should have been an all-star. Come and on. you know, we can't put it
1: like An all-star if he wasn't pouting about not making the all-star.
3: Chris, this is not about his pre-all-star play. <laughs> this is about his postseason play where he disappeared. Yeah. When, in for thir- the for eleven out of For, for eleven out of
2: thirty
3: Eleven out of post-season. thirteen games. Eleven out of thirteen games, he shot like awful. It's not just the, the five games in the Celtics series, like go back to every game besides the two games, of the Celtics series, he had like his worst playoffs playoff performance ever. And that's saying a lot considering he shied away when he was with the thunder. Yes. Look, they're not salvaging this Lucas. I'll take that. This is incredible. This is my favorite story in the NBA. You think that <laughs> you think that it's just like a miracle that the Sixers go on this run and that the Clippers go on the opposite of a run. Also, the Clippers are 0-6 since the news of Harden going. So just that pr- that one game before he even got there, just th- he was sitting on the bench, that might have been caused by him also getting a loss. So uh, I am, okay, uh, I'm
1: not going to say that. I'm not going to say I'm that. I'm all
3: in on the Clippers tanking. I, okay. I told you this last year about Dallas. Like, Kyrie and Luka, you can have incredible talent. It does not matter. There's a level of, like, cohesiveness. The Clippers don't have it. I don't care how good of a coach Ty Lue is. They are not going to make the playoffs.
2: But, like, the Mavs look better this year. They've had time to gel. Like, you've got to give it more than five games. James Harden is the
3: worst.
2: It's a particularly rough start. But I think anyone who watched the Sixers last year would be lying if they're like, James isn't a winning player anymore. He was very... Okay, look, you were
3: talking... You were talking about Denver. They lost to the Knicks, the Nets, and the Grizzlies. Sure.
2: Those are, like two playoff teams and the Grizzlies. It's a bad They're loss. all
3: three they're all under five hundred. That I don't care if they're I, a playoffs.
2: I know guys. But like the Knicks are gonna make the playoffs. Like we I'm pretty confident in that. Like I'm not saying they're not bad losses, or it's not a bad start, or they don't have a lot to figure out, but the idea that there's no salvaging it and that there's no way Harden's going to play good basketball this year is, I think, a a wee bit extreme. Now, if we check (laughs) back in after the All-Star break and they're like 0-30 since the trade, then I'll revisit that take
1: and admit defeat. But
2: I I think at some point the Clippers are going to start winning basketball games.
1: You know when they're gonna start winning basketball games is one if one or two of their stars get injured and then James can be. James. Yeah.
3: No, uh, if Harden gets injured, they'll they'll win.
1: Okay, so um, I'll just say this: it might be salvageable, but either James or Westbrook, I don't care who, because I think it might be better if James goes to the bench versus Westbrook, and this is my reason why. I know Chris is golfing at me, but just hear me out. Before James got there, the three-man group of Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi was the best three-man group offensively in the NBA. So that is my argument for that. But let me just ask you guys this real quick: um, Has Harden's play fallen off too much, or is it is it just rust? Yes, it's rust.
2: What? Why? Whatever. No. I mean, look, I, I, there were like some. He hasn't done a ton inside the three-point line yet with L.A. Like, there's definitely rust. It's too soon to know if he's, like, falling off. I think it's natural that he's going to decline gradually from here on out. He's at that point in his career. But, again, this is a guy who didn't play in training camp or preseason, didn't know this system until about a week or two ago. It's going to take him some time. I, I think he's clearly trying to figure it out. He did something similar in Philly. Obviously, he was a lot more effective out of the gates, but where he deferred a lot more than usual because he was trying not to step on toes and trying to fit in. That's been his approach to these these situations. It was his approach in Brooklyn early on, too. Like, This just is what it is. I, I think he'll be fine. He looked pretty good in the Denver game.
1: I, I think it's going to be fine.
3: I disagree, but we can leave it at that.
1: Uh, I, I don't know. Not enough much of a sample size. But, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, the Clippers losing to the Nets, and that brings us to our next player because Ben Simmons wasn't playing for the Nets in that game. Yes. Uh, he has, he has, right. uh, he has he's been diagnosed with a pinched nerve in his lower back. He has missed four of the last four games, notwithstanding tonight. And the the record right now without him is three and one. Granted, the wins are against the Clippers, the Magic, and the Wiz, but they had a record of three and four with him. Are the Nets better off without Ben Simmons, who's averaging six and a half points, almost eleven rebounds, and a, a little shade below seven assists per game? Chris. Um, I mean, I think
2: it's
1: particularly
2: interesting just because the fit is a little bit weird with him and Claxton. Claxton obviously wasn't there early in the season because he was hurt, so they haven't really overlapped yet. Um, Like, fit-wise, I I think you can make the case that he should be coming off the bench at this point just because of how their skill sets uh, you, you know, they both occupy the paint a little bit too much on offense. At least the defenses do when they're on offense. So, Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to, like, sit here and have a victory lap because he got hurt again or anything. I think that's a little... No
1: one's having a victory lap. Okay,
2: I just want to make sure we're not, like, yay, Ben Simmons downfall,
1: you know? No, but at this point, we just kind of feel bad for him. No,
2: it's, like, definitely unfortunate that he's has persistent back problems that stinks that's not how anyone wanted this to go i don't think so
3: i think two years ago i said i wrote that the article that you said broke the site that he will retire at the end of this contract and you know what i think it's becoming more and more clear and i want that credit yes the nets are absolutely better off without him this is not a i'm not trying to make him feel bad i'm not trying to like be happy that he's hurt we do not want players to get hurt they are better without him. That's just a fact. And you know what? Every team is better without Ben Simmons. Every team's better without James Harden. Pretty simple. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but um, it makes things interesting. I think. So with Ben, I think the best if he if they if a team does not have a shooting, uh, you know, three point shooting big man, big man. Then Ben has to play center, and maybe that's just a position, like a point center, kind of like us, a bonus or a Jokic. Maybe that's that's the p- position that Ben needs to take moving forward. I'm not, I'm not quite sure if he's built to do that, but maybe it can service his back and stuff like that. Maybe that's that. Maybe that's the best move. I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think he can
2: play like full time stoning point guard with a uh, center who just flat-out can't shoot. Like,
1: the Klaxon yeah. thing doesn't really work. Um, and he wasn't really playing point guard because Spencer he was starting, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely better in, like, more of a connector role if he's willing to do that and buy into that. Um, look, I mean, the real thing is he just has to be healthy and confident in that he hasn't been able to build up either, either one yet, so... That's really like the unfortunate part. If he's not confident in his back holding up at any point, it's not going to get much easier for him. So um, well, I, think,
0: I just I think, think
3: he's I, I just think he's made a ton of money. even when he was on the Sixers, we said he seems to be interested in more off the court. like he was like, showy with the cars. I don't know. I think he was like doing modeling stuff at at one point. Look, I don't know that his head's one hundred percent in the game. that has nothing to do with his back injury. I'm just saying you made a ton of money, man. Go live off in the sunset.
1: I mean, maybe. We'll we'll see. We, we will see, guys. Look, I think if he's going to have a longer career in the NBA, I think the best chance is for him to uh, go to the center position moving forward. Um, point center, you know, he can run the fast break. He can still do that. But I think him playing center, is the best call whether he could be a starting center or not is not my my problem but um i think that's the best call so jonathan how about you take us to our next section
3: yeah let's go this was uh spurred because of chris's messages when he wanted to come on the podcast so why not don't jump in we are three weeks in so let's hit some early nba awards because there's nothing like overreacting to mvp awards or all nba awards this early in so we're gonna go through a few of them. Let's start with you, Chris. Who you got for MVP so far? Um, I think this
2: is a pretty easy consensus. I hope it is. Um it, it's Jokic. It's just gotta be what? so
3: far. If I'm being really? honest, I, I mean it was
2: like pretty obvious. Just
3: you thought it was like, pretty obvious that it was Joel Allen bean. Oh, gosh.
1: I'm going to have to be the tiebreaker. I don't want to be the tiebreaker here. Um,
3: like, objectively,
2: Joel has been amazing. He's the very clear number two at this point for me. Oh, Mike. Jokic has been amazing. He's putting some of his best stuff together already. Like, he's, he's getting better, so, like.
3: Is he? Because Embiid's averaging more points and
2: okay and beat them like two more points congrats to joel that's gonna get closer after tonight when he scored 20 like one extra point two extra points that's
3: including tonight that's including tonight he's two points okay, above, so. okay.
1: Hey, hang, on. Uh, hang so. on hang on jo- jonathan i'm gonna be the tiebreaker here i hate to do this but i actually agree with chris on this one
3: joel has two and a half times as many blocks per game
1: okay okay but okay. let's Who has more skills? let's let's, let's Let's, They're equal uh, on steals. Okay. Okay, but Jokic averages two more rebounds and three more assists. Yeah. Also, he, assists has, he has more double two extra points. points he, has, he has three more double doubles and four more uh, triple doubles, yeah. which is you know because mm-hmm. you're What's uh, like on, the, the
2: also so the gets,
1: numbers, just uh, the also process? also. Technically, the Nuggets have the better record now, so there's that too. So, okay, I I agree with I. I hate to say this because I really hate to say this, but Jonathan, we know what Joel can do in the regular season. Nikola Jokic also proved it in the postseason this past year, and he didn't. He hasn't missed a beat. And now with Jamal Murray out, his scoring's gone even up even more, and I suspect it will continue to go higher. So, Look, every is-
3: time Chris comes on the podcast, this is the argument. But, I mean, no. seriously, when we went into the season, Lucas and I both said Jokic has played – he played incredible in the postseason. He's the favorite for most valuable player. I'm pretty sure that was our preseason predictions. Through the first 10 games, I think I changed my mind, unbiasedly. I truly think he's my better.
1: Um, I I I still got to give it to Jokic, dude. I'm sorry. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I I don't know,
3: man. I I mean,
2: Embiid is playing his best basketball, probably speaking. Embiid is playing amazing basketball. I don't want to like deny that. The playmaking leap is very real. His efficiency numbers are off the charts right now too. Like Sixers are awesome. He's playing his best defense in years. All that's very true. But Jokic is the best player in the world. Like it's that simple. Denver has won a few games now without Jamal. Like, they're, they're just a the machine. And Jokic is really the reason for that. He, he's pretty much matchup proof. And, like, I don't know. Okay. It's just like, That's fine. You know, That's like fine. <laughs> Juice is better than Poseidon
1: or whatever. Like look, it, look. I, and I'm not trying, like, Joel's close. It's close. But with, you know, like, Jokic just has that slight edge. And po- part of it is last postseason, part of it is just the numbers. I'm willing to, like,
2: Sit here and talk about Gerald maybe being the second best player in the world. Like I, I think that's like a fair conversation to start.
3: But like, that's Joel, not
2: the conversation. It. But I, I think Jokic is still the pretty clear number one.
3: Okay. okay. All right, let's go to defensive player of the year, Chris.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either
2: Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time.
0: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Um, (laughs)
2: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Look, I think there are, like, several interesting candidates. I I think Pam out of Iowa deserves a real shout. Um, obviously, like Chet and Wimby are going to put up ridiculous numbers all season in, in the block category, especially. Um, but best evens in the NBA right now pretty clearly is the Minnesota Timberwolves.
1: Um, oh, you know, yep, so, no. Yup. Yep, yes, yes, we'll yes lot Chris. Of, lots Not of credit yet. to go around
2: there. McDaniels.
1: Not a again.
2: And the step up. Not
1: again.
2: I'm just saying that. Rudy is back this season. It's Rudy. It's Rudy. It's Rudy. Oh. It's, Rudy. it's like it, it's, Rudy. it's Rudy. Rudy. He's the best defensive player in the NBA. Literally anybody
1: else. I, it's Lucas, who do you it have? Is. It's Rudy. It's Anthony Davis, guys. No, it's not. No, it's not. Leasley. Sorry, the Lakers.
2: What is what is the Lakers record and what is the Timberwolves
3: record? This is like easily Rudy Gobert, and I do not like to agree with Chris.
1: I don't want Rudy Gobert to win another one. He's not that good.
2: He is He's not. That
1: good. He's not. He is. he is. He's overrated.
2: I don't want him to win. doesn't mean he shouldn't win. That's not the criterion upon which this
1: award should be decided, Lucas.
3: Yeah, it is, Rudy, unfortunately.
1: I'd rather give it to Victor Wembanyama. I'd rather give it to him. I'd rather sure. give it to Flor Thompson.
2: I'd rather give it to Chet, but it's Rudy right now. Uh, sorry. I'd rather give it to Jaden Springer, but this is the world we live in. I'm sorry to say it.
1: Uh, no, you're not.
2: Okay, well, I you're think right. we
3: can skip the next one, We're, no, but we're going to do it. But I think we're unanimous, I hope, on most improved player. Chris? I don't think we are, and this is going to be interesting. This is insane because if we're not, like whoever's not on the same page, the betting markets are like negative value for one player. Okay.
2: I will give, like, a special shout-out. I think um, Scotty Barnes deserves a whole lot of, like, credit here. He's made a real leap. He's been Toronto's best player.
0: He's He's a guy that I'm giving off
2: the charts right now with Scotty. The offense is making a huge leap. He's been their, like, main hub. Scotty's been off. He's been amazing. So he, he deserves... Very, that, you know, to be very much in this conversation. Same with That's King. all well and King good. That's like taking a big, a big leap. And Houston is going yeah. to a lot of games because we haven't realized. Yeah, but it, right now it's kind of hard to say anyone but Tyrese.
1: Uh, is it's, it's Tyrese Maxey. Wow, I'm actually surprised you said that. I thought you were gonna go with Cam Thomas. Is that who you're going with, Lucas? No, look, he is. He, in my opinion, he's the closest competitor. Yeah, I don't I think Cam to... has gotten better. I think he's just playing more. Cam has always put up an
2: absurd number of points for however many minutes he plays. Like
1: Yeah, but then the, the, the voters just care about the jump and stats. They don't care about how much better you
2: okay, get. Okay, we don't have to project what
1: dumb things voters will do. We should pick
2: who we feel is the correct answer. I don't care about what the voters are gonna do.
3: Voters are mean- picking Tyrese right now. Yeah, right not, now Tyrese is the most approved player.
1: Yeah, look, I, I wrote an article about Tyrese the other day. It's Tyrese, but I will say that I would I think the pl- two players that Chris mentioned plus Cam Thomas are probably like the other contenders. I,
2: I know he was like in the conversation last year too, obviously. But I, I think Halliburton is also making like another you No, know, I I
1: I mean Halley's not...
2: probably like a top five MVP candidate right now.
1: Yeah, I think he's really? like
2: pretty clearly in top 10 player range. Like, Halliburton's no, let, off
1: the let, 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 me, let me ask you this like because a top last, uh, last... VP.
2: Halliburton?
3: Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't like... know about
2: that. Yeah, no way. He's the engine behind the best offense in the NBA right now, and he's doing amazing things. I like at 25 and 13 with ridiculous shooting
1: splits. Like, so... It's pretty amazing stuff. He did average 20 and 10 last year. So it wasn't like we weren't expecting him to be as good, if not slightly better.
0: Sure.
2: it Yeah. It's not about expectations. Like, we all expected Tyrese to be in this conversation. Maybe not to the extent that he is. He's been better than we all hoped for. But, like, you know, it's, it's well, not like a surprise that Tyrese is a frontrunner for most improved the year that well, James leaves.
1: Well, let me ask you this: Who are the top five point guards in the East right now? Oh boy. Okay, let me let me.
3: Maxi, Halliburton, Brunson, White, right,
2: uh, Lillard, Lillard,
3: Lillard and White.
2: Um, I I will say like I think Halliburton's the pretty definitive number one.
3: You yeah, think- but I think those best five. You I think, think it's Halliburton.
2: The, I'd probably go Dame too.
1: Um Is Dame really better is Dame really better than Tyrese right now? Tyrese Maxi, I mean though? Is he really? Look at these numbers. He's snapped I mean, he
3: snapped, I he snapped
1: so, tonight. I think you it's Tyrese,
2: Dame and Maxi. I'm willing to like start the argument. I think it's a little early to like push Dame out, but I'm willing to have the conversation, especially if the season keeps going like it's going. Um, You know, like Trey,
1: Brunson, Garland. Derek White just torched us. Yeah. Derek White, okay. Is he really the point guard or is Drew Holiday the point guard?
2: Yeah. I don't think White's – I wouldn't put White ahead of any of
1: those guys I just mentioned, but White is very good. He's really good. I I think he's a two-guard. I don't think he's a shooting guard. I mean I don't think he's point guard. I don't think he's Drew Holiday's always played point guard white really hasn't. And Drew usually is the one that gets them to their sets. So I'm I, I still got up with Drew. I don't know if I'm ready to put I I know Dame struggled and but he's also like in his mid 30s.
2: So maybe yeah, he also had like thirty-seven and thirteen tonight. It's not like he's been all bad. He, he's still doing some Dame Lillard stuff. So. All
3: right. Well, let's get to the one I that don't really I gotta, for. rookie rookie of
1: the, rookie of the year. Up. Yeah, I think we all have different people on here, so I'm really interested to see this.
3: This is going to be the best one, Chris. Let's go with you first.
1: I who's going to say?
2: I mean, I I think it's pretty obvious right now. Like as I don't know if it's going to be obvious four months from now. There's a lot of season left, but like as far as who has the award, ten games into the season, I think it's Chet Holmgren, pretty definitively.
1: I knew you were going to say it. I knew you were going to say it. Lucas, I'm, let me go. I'm let
3: great. me go before you, real quick. I agree, it's Chet Holmgren.
1: Thanks. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I actually have a Dark Horse. I actually Person really I like. Chris and
3: I are on the same page here. But yes, Lucas, I'm interested in yours. So
1: it's not Chet and it's not Victor. I okay. got it's
3: a sir, it's wrong. a Sar Thompson.
1: It's a Sar Thompson. I God. love a Sar Thompson. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I love Look. a Sar. He's amazing. He's gonna be a stud, but Look, the guy's averaging ten uh, ten rebounds at six six as a rookie. I know he weighed. Like, come on, guys. Like, look, and he's already elite defensively. And offensively, like, he's elite defensively. Not just good. Okay, okay, okay. But and Chet is
2: also elite defensively, and he's way ahead on offense.
3: Okay, Okay, I think Asar Thompson easily first-team all-rookie. Easy. But no, he is not better than Chet.
2: Chet is the more valuable defender, as great as Asar has been. And he's, like, been one of the most
1: efficient, like, I, I will. Asar is already the Pistons' second best player.
2: I, I don't know. You they, mean the worst the team offense, in the East? Offense is still kind of rough at spots. I I think you're like underrating Jalen Duran a little bit. Um, obviously, Durant- Cade has also been like pretty bad in a certain sense this year. I think part of that's just situational, like he doesn't have enough shooting around him, but. I just yeah. Asar is awesome. I have no problem like giving Asar his flowers. He's very clearly third place on the ladder, but um, as like, rough as Wimby has been around the edges at times this year, he's still doing some amazing things, and he's still impacting winning at a very high level for a team that hasn't won so much
3: lately, but he's very clearly... Wait, can I ask... Here. Can I ask you guys? So obviously Chet and Wemby faced off last night. I did not know this, but a lot of people were saying that there's like kind of low key bad blood between them from when they played yeah. against each other in like nice. national competition when they were fifteen, sixteen. Is that a legit thing, or is that just a hype
1: that, machine? That, 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 that ESPN. I've heard people on ESPN confirm that. Yeah,
3: that's not just like to hype it up, though.
1: That's no, like- they both have like that little nasty. Uh, you know, Yeah, I mean. Their-
2: Chet's, like, Chet gets after it. Chet, Chet really has that kind of mean streak. So, I, I, I buy it. I And it's great. Like, obviously, those two guys are going to hopefully be, like, involved in some pretty high-stakes matchups for the next decade.
1: Um, Do you honestly think those two are really the next, like, big-man rivalry here?
2: Yeah, I mean, as long as they're healthy. I mean, like, just on the surface, they're both ridiculously, like, skinny and long, and they're also, like, both going to be really freaking good. So, yeah, I don't see why not. I don't know if it'll be, like, they're on the Jokic and B level. I mean, like, I don't know if they're going to reach that level. I I mean, Wimby probably has a better shot than Chet, but um, I definitely think it's... A potential rivalry, especially if like those teams have the chance to get pretty good pretty quickly here in the next few years. Okay so he's already really good. The Spurs have the chance to get good quickly with Wimby as he takes off. So I wouldn't be surprised by it.
3: All right, let's take this uh, to the last one. Let me okay. get coach of the, Coach of the Year debate. This I'm sure we might have some different different uh, picks. So Chris, you go first.
2: Um. I mean, I don't love – I don't love to say it, but, I mean, it's kind of hard not to pick, like, Ime Udoka. Like, the Rockets are just so different in terms of the energy around that team this year and how hard they're playing, how connected they are on defense. They're playing through Shane Goon correctly, finally. Like, Houston was a pretty rough watch last season, and they're, like, playing really – Impressive, connected, winning basketball right now. So I would say, kind of, it's probably Ime Udoka
1: right now. All right, Lucas. I mean, that's a really good. That's a really good pick. And I have a tie right now for mine. It's either Nick Nurse or Mark Dote. No, I'm not going to say the Thunder coach. I'm joking. No, <laughs> wait. I, it's Chris Finch. I actually, I'm going to say Chris Finch. Making Cat and Carl Anthony Towns work is a really big thing. Having Anthony Edwards take another step is a really big thing. And despite having a really old point guard, they're, they're passable on offense is a really big thing. And they have the best defensive team in the NBA. So I'm going to give it to Chris Finch. All right. Lucas, look, I think you
3: both are great picks. I think the fact that he's making Cat and Rudy work and, and that, that team's top of the West or in the top of the West conversation is a great choice. And I think Houston with email is a good choice too. Again, we're early in the year. There's a number of things. I was laughing though, Lucas, because I have in my notes, I wrote two kind of in a tie and it was Nick nurse and Mark Dagnall <laughs> uh, And I thought you were actually going to say that. So, uh, look, I, I think say- nurse, Nick Nurse has a real shot at it, I think. Yeah, what Nick Nurse has done compared to Doc Rivers is, like, crazy. I, I Like, I don't just think it's and going away. I know I make that joke. But, like, Nick Nurse has some different schemes. A bunch of different people bringing the ball up, getting to the offense in a lot of different sets. It's really impressive. And Mark dagnault has got a bunch of young guys who got some talent and getting them to buy in and, and show that the sum is greater than the individual parts. I just think he's doing a great job. And who knows? I think all four of those will be up for potential – coach of the year at the end of the year. But yeah, I think there's a lot of options right
1: now. Does Nick nurse actually have a real case for it? Let's talk about it.
3: Yeah. I mean, why not? He's, he's turned around a Sixers team that had, I mean, yeah, we have regular season success, but I don't think we expected them to look like this this early on. <laughs> yeah. absolutely.
2: What do you like, think? Okay. Yeah. I mean, like Maxi. Taking the leap is like first and foremost credit to Maxi, but it's also a credit to Nurse and how the offense is set up and like this is still a pretty flawed Sixers roster. They have like one actual ball handler and they're they're playing pretty remarkable on both sides of the ball. So um yeah, he absolutely has a, a strong case.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. All right, let's get to our last part of this, which I know go. is going to be a fun part. Other NBA news. Chris, you're, you get to talk about what you want to talk about NBA-wise first. Go ahead. Um, hmm. Hmm, 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 hmm.
2: This is tough. You I want to know who you guys... I want. I want you guys to tell me right now. At the end of the season, who are the four best teams in the West going to be? Ooh, you want
1: us?
3: Lucas,
2: you want to go
1: first,
3: Lucas, or you want me? You can go first. End of the season, Chris. Yes. Denver, Minnesota, Phoenix, OKC. Maybe, Maybe Golden State instead of OKC. So Denver, Phoenix, Golden State, Minnesota.
1: All right, four best teams in the West, you say. Okay, let me take a look here. Denver and Minnesota, I feel pretty good about. I'm going to say, oh, this is tough. This is a tough, the first two were easy. I want to say, oh gosh, this is hard to choose. I know I'm going to make somebody mad if I say, I, I didn't want to say this at first, but I think – you know what? No, I can't say that. I'm going to say – I think Golden State gets their stuff together. Yeah. And, I mean, and if
3: you're also yeah. wondering about Phoenix, they're up 30, 31 on the Timberwolves.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be Phoenix. I think it's going to be Denver, Minnesota, Golden State, Phoenix. I was so tempted to say – Though I was so tempted to say the Thunder,
3: so was I. I think you and I are Lucas and I are on the same page. I'm just glad you didn't say Dallas because I foresee that not ending well.
1: I know you don't. I It's tempted to say them, but I think they will slip a little bit, but not as much as you think.
3: Chris, who do you have?
2: Yeah, I think Denver, Minnesota, OKC, okay, Phoenix is the right four. I, I I think it's kind of hard not to pick Phoenix. Obviously, the injuries have been difficult, but like when Booker and Duran are out
1: there, especially, they're
2: going to be. Really good, even if the rest of the roster has some problems.
1: I think as long as they have Booker, they'll be okay. And yeah. One star. It doesn't matter who the other star is. Yeah, I
2: mean, you could really say that for him and Durant, like. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I I think that's the right four. I I you know Dallas I think is definitely good. I think the Lakers have the have the chance to be in that conversation, but. Yeah. I, I think we're on the right page. I think it's gonna be. I'm like pretty bullish on this OKC team, though. Like I, I think the vendor very much legitimate. Like they're they're here to make some noise. I know that's like my my thing, but like I I actually believe it.
3: Anything else in the, around the NBA you want to talk about? Um, I mean we could
2: go on and on. Um, I mean I I feel. I feel pretty vindicated on a lot of fronts this year. Um, I was putting together my my top one hundred earlier today, just so I know where I'm at. And like, it's pretty interesting how the league is is playing out this year. There's a lot of like shifting going on in terms of the power dynamics. But yeah, I mean, look, we can talk about my guy Alperin Shangun some more if you want. He's like yeah. legitimately. Oh, yeah. He's like legitimately one of the
1: most fun players to watch. It, right you now. know what the crazy thing is his uh, breakout almost didn't happen. Remember that the the Rockets were trying to target hard Brook Lopez. You know you could play those two together if Brook came here, and went to Houston. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, a what? No. They should be grateful that they never got Brook Lopez. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I always thought that was kind of the wrong. Way to go about things, I think, in general, like with Houston, I wasn't a huge fan of those moves in the moment, and like again, we were only nine ten games into the season. There's so much time left for it to like kind of fizz out. We've seen a lot of teams start fast and then end up in the lottery conversation, like Utah last season is a great example of that, but um like is the best player on that team like. He's really making the leap. And, you know, Van Vliet, you can, you know, there are probably some deservedly mixed feelings on that guy, but he's doing his thing. Dylan Brooks is, like, backing up the talk and the contract. He's one of the best permanent defenders in the NBA, and it's kind of hard to, like, deny that, you know. They needed a guy like that. They needed a vet to really come in and kind of change the chemistry of that that locker room. And I think he's done that. So I think Dylan Brooks deserves a ton of credit. I think Houston in general. They probably aren't going to be like the four seed when the season ends. But I I think they're really
1: finally moving in the right direction. They could be a play-in team. They could. If they don't, they'll be right at the 11th spot. I think so. We'll see. Um, I do want to say one thing regarding the Rockets. Um, Well, regarding Stengun, I think it's fair to say he's a top 10 center right now in the NBA, but I don't know if I would put him top five yet.
2: Let me see what I
1: put down today.
2: I'll I'll let you know for sure.
1: Well, okay, let's just talk about the guys that should be ahead of him. All right, let's just talk about it for a second. You have Joel, Jokic, no particular order uh sabonis damn and because you love rudy so much we'll put rudy ahead of him right so that's five guys right yeah okay so he's not a top five center yet but can yeah. he get there probably yeah
2: i think i have yeah i i have those five and then i think i have chet and and christops like one spot ahead of him.
1: So. You have Chet already? Well, you know what? Look, okay. So yeah, I, I do. You guys, so when you guys were looking up, when we were talking about working I was looking up the stats for Chet and uh, Wemby. Wemby has the better counting stats, but Chet is a lot more efficient. So I understand why you guys went that way.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, look, Wemby's great. He's also averaging, like, twice as many turnovers as assists, and his percentages are pretty low, so... I think Wimby will figure it out. I wouldn't be surprised if Wimby wins, like by season's end, if he gets to that level. But I think through ten games, Chet has been the more consistent player.
1: I mean, Chet Chet is a is a redshirt rookie, so I mean that that Yeah. yeah. Well, um. I guess it's my turn next, right? So what I want, well, I've already talked about Sheer Thompson. I'm not gonna out that point. Like I said, I really like him. He's going to be a study. Just have to figure out how to shoot the ball. Look, we talked about Minnesota. Uh, by the way, uh, we are recording after the fact that Draymond Green got suspended five games. Honestly, I thought it should have been 10. Like, if it was David Stern, it would have been 10. Like, clearly, it was just way over the top for Draymond. It's not okay. Somebody Five is fine, but 10 would have been more sufficient, in my opinion. Besides that, uh, kudos to the Sacramento Kings getting back into the playoff hunt. They've won three straight games. Besides that, I've already talked about how Ben Simmons a little bit. Miami's won six straight games. Miami's back into the the fold. Jaime Hawkes. sneaky first team All Rookie Player. Just gonna say that he's he he might be a easy steal for the the Heat here. And just want to note real, actually, no, I'm pretty sure Jonathan's going to talk about the Zach Levine stuff. I'll leave that alone. Right, Jonathan, you're going to talk about that?
3: Yeah, there we go. I got a few things to talk about. So first off, I just want to talk about the streaks going on. So the heat on a six game win streak is, is very impressive. They were one and four. Now they're seven and four up into the four spot. The Detroit Pistons falling the other way. A nine game losing streak is pretty tough to deal with. Uh, The Timberwolves are on a seven game win streak, but that's about to end. Uh, Houston, six-game win streak, and then San Antonio and the Clippers, as we have mentioned, a six-game losing streak. But, yeah, so quick in the East, the Zach Levine thing blows my mind that it's happening this early. I mean, everyone knew it was going to happen, but
1: well, they're 12 not gonna game- They're not going to trade him this early. They're just having talks. Most teams can't do that trade until mid-December or January.
3: No, I know, but the fact that it's like they were like, both parties are cool with it this early on is, is kind of crazy to me. I mean, they are 4-8. and eight. We've talked about them forever. They're just like, who knows what their direction is. So I'm kind of shocked by that, but it does seem like Zach Levine will be moved on this year. Who knows where he's going to go? A bunch of contenders will be in the mix. Um, but no, I'm more interested in talking about out west. So just quickly, like, I don't, I know, I think Minnesota's playing incredibly well, and but Denver is seven to zero at home, and if they get home court advantage like that altitude is no joke They they even interviewed michael porter jr early in the year and he was like yeah i mean we're trying to run them a lot early in the game to get them tired later out use the altitude to our advantage like it's it's a thing and if it has to go through denver again and they get four games i mean who knows if they're gonna get beat at home so 7-0 at home two and two on the road uh i just want like you said lucas the kings i, I know every team is good and bad depending on who Like if there's stars in her app, but like, man, that team is night and day when Fox is on the court, Mm -hmm. like completely different team. Uh, And and then just the last thing I wanted to touch on is the Pelicans. I mean, you saw that Zion interview. So like a couple things from
1: that interview, that that was red flags everywhere from that interview.
3: Yeah. I mean, first up, he sounded like he had just run 10 miles. He was out of breath holding a microphone, so I truly hope he came straight from practice. I'm not trying to make fun of him for being big, uh, but also that shirt was like a, sh- a sh- medium. Um, But no, the, yeah, I mean, look, I don't blame the Pelicans for not having a game plan that goes through Zion Williamson. Like, are you kidding me? Why would they have a game plan going through someone who never is healthy? Like, yes, when he's on the court, you got to play and use uh-huh. him to his advantage. But I don't know. He is. He is. Does not seem happy there. He's like, I'm trying to buy in. I think he said he's trying to buy in like four different times. It's like, I mean, if you need to so, that, you
1: try that hard to buy in, dude, relax. And why are you talking to us about? It? That's a coach conversation, not a us nice conversation.
2: Um. Yeah, I will say like, why is because they're what five and six, and he's their best player. Like, I I understand the health concerns, but we have pretty definitive evidence that when Zion is healthy, he's one of the best offensive players in the world. And, like, that's their best bet is to give him the ball and let him initiate the offense and get downhill. So I think it's, like, a pretty obvious, like, coaching malpractice, not to let Zion do that. He needs to be playing point guard, essentially. Um, And then you adjust. Like, every coach adjusts. If he gets hurt, if your star gets hurt, if Joel gets hurt, the Sixers aren't gonna play not through Joel, just in case he gets hurt. You know what I mean? Like that's just
3: not uh, but that's the different. Way to do it. like we we it's were not, not Zion playing. is clearly we were...
2: far and away the best player on that team. Their best chance at winning is with him having the ball in his hands. That's
3: like Yeah, but that's wildly through. different. And Bede is actually like, yes, if you like I don't think the Sixers plan to game plan through Joel and Bede like his the third year in the league, his first year he was playing, like he was in and out of the lineup. He played like 32 games. So, no, I, I think that – I think they're at different points in their career. Now you absolutely play through beat. He's the best player on your team, and he's shown he's consistent. Zion has not shown that.
2: Zion has been consistently very good when he's on the court. He hasn't been consistent. When he's on the wealthy, court. But, like, yeah. consistent on the floor, I think it's fair to say he has been pretty consistently elite, like –
3: I, yeah, I mean, when he's on the floor, I, I've said if the whole team's healthy, that, that's a top three team in the East, in the West potentially. But I, yeah. I just also don't think that you can count on him. And I think that's like Embiid early on. And I think that we got to see it more often in order to want to play like that. Yeah.
2: And like, obviously, they aren't healthy. Murphy's still out. CJ's out for a while. But like, that is not a team that should be five and six. I, I think the West is kind of a bloodbath this year. So there's some leeway as far as how you perceive them, but the Pelicans should be doing better than they are. And I I think it's like directly correlated to them misusing Zion. Like he has proven absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's the best player on that team. I don't think it's like an early Joel thing. Like you're saying, like he is without question the best player on that team. It's not Brandon Ingram with all due respect to Brandon Ingram, who's not playing that well this year anyways. So, You've got to put the ball in Zion's hands more. That's the only way you're going to get better from here. And if he gets hurt again, you, you pivot. But I think that's really on Willie Green more than it is on Zion. Like, the interview was bad, and maybe Zion shouldn't say that to the press. But as far as, like, who's the blame for the Pelicans' struggles so far, I think that's on the coaches more than on Zion.
1: So I want to say two things not related to Zion, because I think you guys get on all the points real quick, and then we'll wrap things up. Uh, First off here, just want to give a shout out to Jalen Suggs, who's kind of having a breakout year, kind of. He's almost efficient as a three-point shooter and has taken a step up defensively. He's really... Guys, Jalen Suggs might be one of those defensive guys, you know what I mean? And he's becoming passable as a three-point shooter. So that's that's just great. I, I love that. And because you guys were talking about Zion Williamson so for so long, I've, I have forgotten the other point that I wanted to talk about. And it was a good point, too. And I can't remember it now, but
2: like me. And I'm mad about that.
1: How um, about them Grizzlies? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing, Chris. I said that they were going to be awful. Jonathan didn't believe me before the season started so I just want to take I just want my flowers for that. that's all I want. you can have them Lucas darn right I can have them um that being said,
3: yeah Chris why don't why don't you play us out?
1: yeah all right as always two on this oh wait 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 a second I remember the other thing now sorry oh I have to say this right Sorry, 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 Chris. Sorry, I, I hate this. To- is
3: twice in a row where Chris has to redo his outro.
1: No, let me just say this. How do you guys feel about trading for Kyle Kuzma? Uh,
3: lukewarm. Gave them a the other team a power play the other night when he ran over to try and uh <laughs> try and get the coach to review the play and he just left the court and the other team had a I, five I, on four.
1: I I, I didn't. See
2: yeah. That. I'm okay with not touching the wizards for now. I think the wizards have some pieces, but I'm okay with not touching the Kuzma pool duo especially.
1: You mean you mean the jacuzzi? Yeah,
2: I'm not feeling the jacuzzi at the moment. I think Kuzma's been mostly pretty good. It's really the the ja part of that that's really been Yeah, Jordan
1: pool's been awesome.
2: It's been pretty rough, but yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I was just I, I thought I I think I had heard somewhere that the Sixers were considering Kuz, which I would be considering Kuzma, too. Anyway,
2: yeah. I'd be more interested in Kuzma, I think, than Zach Levine for this specific team. I'm really out on the Levine stuff. Yeah, I I'm like. Marge Rose than Zach Levine, if I'm being honest. I like the idea of getting another ball handler. They really need it, but it needs to be someone who can play defense. Zach's like you're one of the really bad defenders. You, you
1: mean like Alex Caruso?
2: Yeah. I mean, like, maybe more of a ball handler than Caruso, but I would love Caruso. They should get Caruso if they can. He's amazing.
1: Yeah. All right, now you can do the outro. Sorry, it was the Kyle Kuzma. I'm That's good. fair. You know.
2: Um. Okay. As always. To all our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the SixerSense Sense Podcast. If you can, please like, subscribe, and follow along. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Audible. Or you can listen at our website, thesixersense.com. And until next time, peace out, everyone. Go Sixers! And we'll talk to you soon.